Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Oaklawn on Saturday, February 25th, 2023. This is show number 214, February 18th. No, February 24th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, the NHC begins in less than two weeks. Are you ready? I, I don't really know what I can do to, to get ready, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been there enough now. I know what to expect and I'm just hoping I'm looking forward to it. I'm just hoping maybe I can have uh, a good couple of days and who knows, you know, cash in. I'd love to make it to the final table, but uh win or lose, it'll be fun. Uh, I caught a bug this week, so I'm a little under the weather right now. I'm hope, hopefully I'll be, I've gotten that all out of the way and I'll be, you know, nice and healthy heading into the NHC. That's what I'm looking forward to. I caught a bug this week as well. I think I've already shed it, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I have to get into that NHC mode and that that's picking long shot mode. So I think I'm going to go over my 2018 uh, winners, winner selections and, just get a little bit inspired and uh, try to put myself into that mode. Yeah, you definitely have to uh, focus on the higher end of the price range if you're serious about winning. But, um, you know, you don't have to get crazy. And for me, I'm pretty much looking for the same horses I look for every day. Um, Maybe I'm more biased towards, um, you know, longer priced horses, but it's not that I, my mindset doesn't change that much from just handicapping the pick five. I mean, the betting side of it, I don't have to worry about in the NHC. Um, and I spend a lot of time thinking about the betting normally, but I don't, you know, from the handicapping perspective, I'm, I don't look at the race that much differently uh, than I do just like for the races we're going to talk about today. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC Qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to Round 2, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get Tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly Round 1 begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special sixth-time returning guest. He finished ninth in the 2019 NHC. He won the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge in 2020, taking home cash and prizes worth nearly 
half a million. He's Marshall Graham. Marshall, welcome back. That's great to be back. Great to be talking Oakland Park. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's something refreshing, uh, handicapping nine to 12 horse fields on the Oakland dirt. It's uh, it's kind of a nice change of pace from the turf. Believe it or not, I, I actually really enjoy it. Well, it also is the center of attention this weekend with San Anita canceling. So it uh, all eyes should be on Oakland. They didn't give us the most ideal pick five sequence. We, there's another stakes on the card I wish they could have shoved in, and I wish they could have pushed out uh, the Arkansas-bred uh, uh, maiden race that closes it out. But uh, I think it's a fun sequence. And, and again, I always love uh, uh, Oakland Park. I'm going to head out there tomorrow morning and and, and watch these races live. All right. And uh, since we have the NHC coming up, uh, I know you're going, Marshall. Uh, Chris and I will both be there. What is your strategy? Do you have any particular strategies uh, different, uh, the same? You know, you finished ninth before. What are you uh, What are you thinking? What are you expecting to do this year? Uh, you know, I'm probably not going to do much different in terms of strategy. I'll get out there a couple days early. I'm going to focus primarily on the tracks that I know the best, you know, Oakland being, you know, Oakland being the strong focus. I'm going to focus on dirt races. I mean, that's, you know, what I know and what I handicap most of. So I'm not really going to change what I do, um, my plan of attack from from how I would attack the races on a day-by-day basis. All right, Chris, you got any questions for Marshall? Well, at first, I just want to congratulate 10 strike racing for having a really good meet at Oakland. I don't know where you are in the standings now, but I knew at some point you were the leading stable. Um, congratulations. That has to be fun. I know that you point towards that and you've really developed the the stable over time. Um, I was a little bit unlucky. We didn't have any 10 strike horses running today, but uh, you know, how does it look? You know, what do you think about, you know, what do you think, led to that success anything special or is it just a culmination of events well in terms of the the lead in the standings and we have it we do have the lead right now uh where we've just been very lucky our trainers they know i love oaklawn and so they point to oaklawn and we've had a number of horses that have won multiple times the way they count the standings at oaklawn and at most tracks are based upon the equibase standings and so um we've actually had nine winners but only eight count because they, they, those are the eight that have 10 strike racing as the only, is a sole owner. We have another one with a different partner. And most of my horses are actually run with other claiming partners with multiple names on the entries. And so um, it's going to be very hard to, to finish first. Uh, we're eight of 16. And so we haven't had that many runners. But, uh, you know, if it turns out that we're still near the lead in April, I'll, I'll figure out how to make a good run at it. And we've got some nice horses. I've got two horses that are both pointing to the trails. And that's one of my favorite races. It's a starter 10 mile and three quarter race on the last day of the meet. The last, it's the last day of the meet, the last race of the meet. It's, it's a mile and three quarters. And I've got two horses, Helen high water, Heller high water and tiger moon. And, and, you know, both should be tough there. Obviously right now I'm just trying to get them there uh, in an ideal way. If they both can stay sound and, you know, we've got, We've got a horse on the Derby Trail. We have a horse named Ian Clover that Liz Crow bought for $55,000 as a yearling. And um, he broke his maiden at Oakland on New Year's Eve, uh, one of his A other than at the fairgrounds on January 28th. And he'll run in the Gotham Stakes uh, in uh, next weekend. So we're pretty excited about him. He's a looking at Lucky. 
uh, in looking at Lucky's are bred to go long, bred to really stretch out. But he also has a, a very precocious and brilliant female family uh, that provides speed to give him the early maturity to compete, compete on the Derby Trail. So we're excited about him. You know, our our goal when I say Derby Trail is just we want to win the Arkansas Derby. Uh, and so that's that's our objective. And so, you know, we're hope, hoping he can get there. And while, you know, we don't technically, you know, you said we don't have a horse on the card. We do own 6% of Giant Mischief in. So we're part of the big group 10-strike racing as 6% of the the big sort of spendthrift Liz Crow, Brad Wiseboard, Brad Cox Colts group. And uh, so we have a, a little bit of action on Giant Mischief in the Rebel. Well, that's cool. A couple things are cool. One is it would be so neat if you if you won the owner title in that you know trails end race because i know how much you love to win that if you were to win that and win the training or win the owner's title that would be pretty cool and i also know you've always been a looking at lucky fan um so to if you have a horse you know by looking at lucky on the derby trail you know that's got to be exciting so that's good looking forward to watching hopefully he does well in the gotham and um uh it'll be maybe we'll see you in the winter circle at arkansas derby day yeah, well, we can only hope. Fingers crossed. Okay, let's get started on this Oaklawn Pick 5. It starts with the eighth race, which is an allowance optional claimer. Six furlongs in the dirt, purse of 106000 for four-year-olds and up. Marshall, your turn to get us started. I thought this is a fairly tough race to kick up, tough race to kick off the sequence. It's more of a race where I have a lot of knocks against horses in the race and kind of came to the horses I liked by process of elimination. So I don't know if that's the best handicapping strategy, right? To basically dislike six of them and thus end up on two of them as a result. So, you know, my biggest knock is I really, really dislike what I think is going to be the favorite. Sometimes the morning lines at Oakland can be a little bit iffy, but I, I just don't like the Chris Hartman horse from the inside. He may be controlling speed and maybe the muddy track, you know, he's, he's run really well on the muddy track and it looks like the weather's going to be going to be tough, but he's a horse that, two back beat absolutely no one uh, you know got loose on the lead against a horrible field four of the horses behind him ran for 10 or less last time the field behind him is 0 for 11 uh in their subsequent starts and none of them have hit the board and they've lost by a combined 131 lengths so you know he beat nothing and then that starter 30 if you look closely that's a starter 30 in the last two starts and so i'm against the favorite I ended up on, and I'll, I like two horses, but I'll just talk about one. And I ended up on Improbable Journey. And, you know, he's been running, you know, he's been running at this level the last two starts. I don't really have much of an excuse for him. Uh, you know, I, I think that you can make the case that his February 5th race, that that race is actually faster on the clock than the figure it was given. Uh, it was it was a, a sort of strange day in terms of figure making in that race. They adjusted the they adjusted the variant um, from negative four to negative 16. So they really slowed down that race. And again, if you added the 12 points to that race, it would give the, the winner a figure of a 107. So it, it didn't make any sense, but it was an abnormally fast race on the clock. And if you even push that number up, you know, it makes horses from that race competitive and so i you know i i'm going to lean on that race in both uh lean on that february 5th uh non-winners of three in both this race and the next race since these are two divisions of the same race and i'm going to go with this horse he's a horse that has made middle moves in both of his last races in fact in his last race 
he was he was behind early and then made a move in the second uh, second quarter, a really quick, aggressive move to the lead and then flattened out. I, 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 there's no reason to think that Gabriel Sias will ride the horse differently. I, I don't particularly love I didn't particularly love either of those rides. I'm just hopeful that, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that he's going to be a nice price, can get a good trip, uh, drawing a little bit further to the outside and uh, and again, can pay can pay well if he wins. Okay, improbable journey could sit right off the speed and uh, pounce, and he's twelve to one morning line. Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, I like the same horse, improbable journey. I think I think he's going to get the lead. I think he's quicker than the one horse. He wasn't quicker than Cogburn last time, but if you look at the last time. He, you know, got the lead, he won, and that was on a sloppy track. So if it comes up sloppy, that's not going to hurt. Um, I think they're going to be more aggressive. I mean, they don't have to have the lead. If they if they can't get it, I think they could stock and still get a good trip. But I think they can get the lead and will get the lead, and, and he's definitely the value play. So I'm with Marshall on the five and probable journey. Okay, well, I I had <laughs> I, I I had the same problem as Marshall. I, I found reasons to dislike almost every horse, but um, and I don't like the running style. But I did land on Albizu. He has two wins in his last five starts. In his last, he bobbled and was involved in some bumping, then ran evenly, and I think it was a kind of a nice breather race before this race, where I think he should run the best race of his life. The trainer and jock are on fire. It's not going to be a big price, three to one. But um, that was uh, that was my top pick, and and I was thinking improbable journey was also a use. So uh, so I'm with you on that one. Uh, just uh, just landed on Albizo who's my top pick. Yeah, I'm going to use Albizo as well. That Jerry, Jerry Kroom, uh, who is the owner of Albizo, he's the one who's right behind us in the owners race and. Uh, it, <coughs> And they've sent out a number of live horses. He did get a great setup uh, two back, but you know there's a chance he's able to lay right off them and make a run. And so he's definitely he's definitely used for me. I also think the the Lucas horse Spangster, another horse coming out of that Cogburn allowance race. I, I don't you know that to me I like Spangster and Improbable Journey about the same. And I think Improbable Journey is going to be a longer price, but but I'm not going to let Spangster beat me. So those are the three I like. The, the others. I could really do I could really do without um you know a horse like Mucho was a really nice horse last year had a great meet had a great Oaklawn uh, as a stakes winner and uh, sort of to it's surprising to see him you know now in for a tag and and really the difference in Mucho's year is the difference in John Ortiz's year John Ortiz is 3 for 53 this year last year he won 27 races of the meet was 22% and had all sorts of top horses Barbara Road Hollis Top Gunner, Garhole, Joyful Cadence. So just had an array of stakes horses, and Mucho was one of them. And this year, he's he's definitely hasn't found form. Um, and so, you know, he was another horse, you know, sort of going through this race that I had knocks against. So a lot of them I just have knocks against and really just want to hopefully, you know, get one of these prices in, like Improbable Journey to get this thing started. Yeah, I think Spankster is the other one. Uh, that I would include if it's not a sloppy track. He's definitely didn't run as well on the off track, but in dirt sprints on fast tracks, he's 
been really good. So I and I think he's probably the one to beat if it's fast. Okay. Well, uh, so probable journey, Spencer and Albizu. Uh, the horses that were mentioned by the three of us. Let's move to the ninth race. It's a uh, division of the same race, which is pretty cool that they're, uh, they, they got to split 19 horses. It's also an allowance optional claimer, six furlongs on dirt, purse of 106,000 for four-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to start us off. Yeah, this one I think is maybe a little stronger than the other uh, half, but um, I, I really like the three horse. I mean, he's the kind of horse I'm always touting on here. He's a four-year-old, was on the Derby Trail as a three-year-old, did do badly. He wasn't top tier, but he, he didn't run too poorly. Um, You're speaking, of course, of chasing of the, the time. The three horse, chasing time. Um and then he had a long layoff and he had a nice prep off the bench. It wasn't too good. Wasn't too bad. He did have some trouble, but he, he ran just about what you'd hope off the layoff. And now they put Rosario up. And the last time he won was when they put Rosario up at, at Oakland. Um, so I expect a really big race on here. He has to improve a little to win. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to run well and he may get overlooked and, and he's got, positional speed so he'll be he hopefully will be sitting there you know in a, a stocking position where you know he's within striking range and then he can finish strong that's what i'm hoping for uh and i am hoping for that double digit odds like he is on the morning line so i'm all about the three chasing time chasing time uh, was a sort of on the derby trail last year and didn't end out getting much done his last one was in january you'll get a price i think well what I, do you think I, I i'm not sure he'll get a price he's a my race horse horse and with, with rosario up even with his poorly as rosario riding i'm afraid that they're gonna i'm afraid that horse is gonna get bad and he's a horse i've always liked unfortunately i'm gonna i'm gonna go against him now i've, I've sort of been married to him uh, I bet him last time. I bet him in the Chick Lang, and 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 he's always come up short. So I'm I'm ready to move on. I don't know, you know. I I actually thought of this as the weaker division. It's got, you know, unlike the other race, it's got three horses that are jumping from from a other than the two other than, and it's got a, a slew of horses that that look like real long shots, the five, six, and seven on paper. So, you know, so I I, I don't think it's a strong. Once again, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the horse from the February 5th race. I'm going to go with life is hard. Um, you know, I, this is a pretty nice horse last year. Uh, you know, broke, uh, ran really well at six furlongs uh, in its debut first out for Jimmy DeVito. And then second out, they stretched the horse out to mile and one going away and ran a big number. And they followed those up with route races. And I'm not sure that given the pedigree of Munnings out of a Henning Hughes mare, that this isn't really a sprinter and so they're getting this horse back to sprinting ran well last time you know uh from right off the pace was gaining late and uh, again that race you know potentially how you look at it could be a bigger number than the 95 indicates uh and so this is horse second off that layoff uh is is a munnings and and given the weather uh munnings is a, a great slop sire is it's, it's typically for me it's an auto bet as a slop sire so, you know, to me, everything about this horse is a horse that uh, is attractive to me. Uh, um, 
you'll be my single in this race. Not 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 quite my single, but 90% of my money is going to go through him. I will bet him if I get um, anywhere near that morning line. Which is three to one. Yeah, I'll take three to one. Not above yeah. taking three to one. It's not 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 bad for a single. Uh, okay, I'm I'm on a completely different horse. Um, I'm with Wayakin, the rail horse. He has a big win, three back. He's circling back to that, and he had trouble in both his last two starts. His last, he broke out and bumped the horse next to him. Then he also steadied later, had a little bit of traffic in the stretch. I thought it was a gritty effort and should lead him to his best effort yet today. And uh, I was looking up some stats on Oaklawn. <clears throat> the rail is hitting a 20% from um, uh, <clears throat> at sprint distances, which I think is only six furlongs. And um, and post eight on out are hitting at 7%. Now, I, I picked an, a horse in the eight hole in the first race, so it's not like I'm married to these stats, but um, – you know, I, I do I do think that that rail stat of 20% is pretty interesting. So uh, way akin for me in here. Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say about post-position stats is, to me, they're kind of meaningless if you don't factor in running style. Um, I mean, I did a lot of study on post-position and running style, and it makes a huge difference. Um, the running style and the post position. So I uh, just a regular, just raw um, data. I'd be a little careful about using, especially things like the rail and keeping in mind that it's probably going to be an off track, which can, can completely change everything. Although it seems like every time I watch Oakland this year, it's an off track. I don't know if they've ever had a fast track there. <laughs> I, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, well, but it seems... I Every time I look at the hot springs weather, which I, I have it on my weather app, it's there's like lightning and rain and my phone gets wet. So. <laughs> well, it, it's been beautiful midweek here, but yeah, the weather is, has turned wet and cold and, and it does seem like this year they've had they've they've had a lot of it, but they've they've kept on racing and so uh it, it hasn't gotten too cold or too wet to prevent anything. I Wayakin is a horse that we used to own. In fact, we were super excited. We claimed this horse on November 2nd, and the horse ran off the screen, one, one by eight lengths. We claimed off, um, uh, uh, we, we claimed off Deodoro and, uh, for 40, and uh, the horse won, ran an 89 buyer. We were super excited. We put the horse in the two other then, and we, we left it available for 80 grand, thinking, well, no one's going to take this horse for 80, and if they do, good luck to them. And the horse, you know, didn't have the greatest trips, and trip kind of was wide and then flattened out, um, and... And we were stunned. I mean, Diodor took the horse back for 80. So I'm, I'm, I can't complain 21 days of having a horse and we make, you know, $40,000 $40, in the in the trade. And, uh, you know, all we give up is the training. And again, I agree. The horse is talented. I guess they clearly missed some time because I, I don't think they would have waited this long to get a start. But the horse has been, you know, looks like it's been working well. And it's what I would use a little bit of. Again, that that January 28th race is was was a was a very nice race. The other one I, I I do want to mention is the other Munnings in the race, Vulcan, who again, uh, you know, got on the lead last time from the rail, ran big in the slop. Uh, you know, is likely to appreciate the slop. You know, there is a, a, another figure that you could argue is a little bit 
you know, could be higher. The 83 is probably the low end of what that figure could be. Uh, the horse behind them, Jackman, came back to win and won and ran an 87 buyer. And there are three horses that have come back out of that race who've, who've won, run quite a bit faster than they did on January 28th. And so um, so that's horse that um, I'll use a little bit of as well, maybe use underneath, especially given the way that the, the track looks like it's going to, you know, it looks like it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, so I just have a couple other things to add. One is on life is hard. To me, he's the biggest question mark because he's so ouchy. I mean, he didn't even get to the races till his four-year-old year, and then he only ran a few times, and then he got hurt, got banned off, you know, was off for almost a year, and then he comes back and he runs a giant race. So I kind of agree that it's interesting they're sticking with the sprinting on him, but I just don't know which direction he's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get banned off, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. Either way could happen. So that one, I'm, you know, I, I definitely think he's one that could win the race, uh, but I'm a sort of have mixed feelings on his line. I'm not sure exactly what to expect. Uh, it is good that they came back pretty quickly. So maybe he's doing good and he's got at least one more good race in him. If so, he's going to be dangerous. The other horse that I just wanted to mention as a contender that no one's talked about is the 10 horse four left who, um, you know, he's second off the claim for Hartman, who's just been kind of <laughs> incredibly <laughs> hot at Oakland. And uh, this horse has always kind of had uh, been pretty good horse and capable of running good races. His last was pretty good, and I ex don't expect to see him regress second off the claim for Hartman. So, you know, I think he's kind of dangerous uh, and may get overlooked, although with a trainer, it's hard to say he's going to get overlooked. Yeah, uh, uh, that horse interests me as well, and so does Vulcan. Um, and they're both prices, so... But he is another one for, for left that does not like an off track. So if it is sloppy or muddy, I would toss him because um, he's run pretty poorly on off tracks. Yeah. What's your sense of how the track is going to be, Marshall? They, they're saying like 40% chance of rain in the morning tomorrow for like three hours. But, um, you know, so assuming it doesn't rain that much, will it dry up? Well, it's sloppy now. So, so it's already waterlogged and it's been raining there. So I, I imagine... I imagine with more rain coming, it'll still be sloppy. It's not like it doesn't dry as fast as, you know, like Churchill. I feel like Churchill, it could, you know, be soaked. And then within three hours of the sun out, it'll dry. And um, it's cloudy today. I think it'll be overcast tomorrow. So I don't think they'll get the sun they need to dry it out. But who knows? I, but my, I'm, I'm anticipating the track will be off. Okay. So <clears throat> another angle to consider. We'll move to the 10th race. It's the Honeybee Stakes, grade three, mile 16th, purse of 300,000 for three-year-old fillies. Marshall, what are you thinking? I, you know, this is a competitive race. It's a very interesting race from a handicapping perspective, but these are, these are not Oaks horses. And in fact, I just, uh, the whole division right now seems to be lacking a leader, but I, I just, these are, you know, when you look at it, they're, they're not, these horses aren't all that much faster than horses that would run in a other than or, or or would break their maiden as three-year-old fillies right now. So it's hard to, you know, hard to sort of project who might make move forward. The other part of looking at the race is not like there's a, it's not like you can sort of look and, and find a horse that's 
you know, lightly raced that might be ready to make a big jump up. A lot of these horses run quite a bit, right? So they really sort of have established form. I guess the biggest question mark is what do you do with Grand Love coming off the layoff? Um, you know, potentially a short price, you know, ran big numbers, a two-year-old and getting back to those two-year-old numbers. Um, if she does, she should, she should just crush this field. If she moves forward off those two-year-old numbers, I, I'm going to be against her, uh, but I, I don't really know where to go. Yeah. I, I ended up, you know, I guess if, if, if you sort of, I would take a shorter price horse, but I'm going to talk about this is my primary pick. I'm going to talk about taxed and, you know, taxes 15 to one morning line is likely to be longer was 27 to one last time. The Martha Washington uh, was 22 to one. The year's end, the year's end, the horse uh, taxes between other fillies battling at the front uh, and then faltered late. And the last race was, was outside pressing the pace wide the whole way and then push past defining purpose. And then, and then late was run by, by wet paint sort of got a, a great stocking trip. So, you know, I, I'm just going from the perspective that this Philly, you know, could be getting better because of the connections is going to be a long price gets a, you know, a, a jockey upgrade going from Talamo to Bejarano. I know draws a 12, which is also going to push up this horse's odds, but is likely to get a, a trip where they, you know, they, they settled behind, uh, behind the the sort of front runners or right on the front runners and, you know, may not end up that wide. And I don't think this horse wants to be between or inside horses. So, so this may turn out to be the perfect trip. Maybe it's hard to see this horse winning, uh, but I just don't think she's that much slower than everybody else. There's some evidence that Martha Washington could be faster, that uh, the the numbers from that race could be a little bit faster given the way that figs, figs were done that day and given the relative final time compared to Arabian night, um, the race, you know, might've been faster than the 77 indicated. And so, you know, I like the horses coming out of that race and she's the one that, that I thought ran really well and will be significantly longer price than anyone else. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm going to put money through other horses. I definitely wouldn't take a stand with her. I'm just going to bet a few bucks on her, but she's the one that, that intrigues me because she's going to be long in this 15 to one price. Okay. Tax big move up in the last race. And, you know, maybe she's, uh, she's figuring it out. Chris, what are you up for here? Oh, and that move up was on and off track too. So that, you know, if the track is sloppy, that would help. So I kind of like the way Marshall's thinking there should get a big price. Um, I'm going to go to the other side of the starting gate for this one. I'm going to go with the one effortlessly elegant or effort. Yeah. Effortlessly elegant. Yeah. I hate those names. Um, she's, uh, you know, all about upside with her. Like Marshall said, the ones with established form aren't that fast. Um, so why can't we look for someone who could improve to win? And to me, it's the one horse. Um, if you watch her two races, they both of them been really impressive. Her first race was probably a bat, about as bad of a trip as a horse can have in a six furlong dirt race. I mean, just from start to almost the end of the race, this horse was constantly getting checked, dropped back, shuffled in behind, in between, just everything. And then finally had a little chance to run at the very end and really, you know, took off and galloped out. So you knew the horse was really good. It did get bet next time out. This time, 
got a much better trip. And about after a quarter mile, it just kind of spurted away from the field and then just won for fun. Uh, I think based on the breeding, there's no reason why it can't stretch out. It should be, it's already won on an off track. I don't think it has to be on the lead um, by any stretch. Um, it could be, I don't know. It just depends. It, I, I'm assuming Grand Love will be on the lead. I don't know if there's any other way that horse can run, but you never know. Rosario might grab, try to rate this horse given the past history of, you know, not finishing off its races. And if that were to happen, then I think effortless, effortlessly elegant could wire them. If not, I think they send grand love. It could sit off. Um, I expect a big performance out of it. I think that's the horse with upside. I don't think you'll get 20 to one and Norm Cassie's like more than 50% at the meet. So it's hard to see this horse going off at 20 to one, but it is, you know, just had two races. It's never been the distance. It's just got the one maiden win. So, you know, maybe, maybe you get a price. I don't think it'll be 20 to one, but I think it'll still be a, a pretty good price. So I'm going to go with the one effortlessly elegant. Okay. I'm going to go with a third horse and that is Toehead. She is two for two routing on fast dirt. Coming off two wins. <clears throat> and in her last, she looked really game. She bowled her way out of a box in the stretch. She just kind of pushed a horse out of the way and, and took command and won. And, uh, you know, she ran a lot of races. But if you look at each, the condition of each race, you know, four of them were turf races. The first two were really young as uh, or they were early sprints and one she was fractious at the gate and it was a sloppy track and the other one you know when it, when it, when they're running in may and june of their two-year-old year i don't really count it and then uh you know string of turf races then a sloppy churchill race and then two wins on dirt and um i and i i liked the uh the the medal she showed in her last race and you know, her, the number that she put up, at least on the sheets, is about the same as most of these. And she's got a nice post position and she's got positional speed. So um, so I feel pretty good about her. I also, you know, uh, she's only nine to two and maybe she'll go off a little lower. I'm not sure. But <clears throat> I, I should put in a word for wet paint. I did like the I liked the way wet paint won that last race. It was kind of a perfect trip, but I don't know. She, she I, I like the way she closed. She's one for one on a wet, fast track, and she galloped out big in that race. So, so I'd probably stick with just those two: Toehead and Wet Paint. Yeah, I've got I've got no knock on on Wet Paint. Uh, you know, I, I thought the last race was really really nice in the way that she she just pulled pulled away full of run. Um, uh, you know, no knock. It, it's just that that I. I guess she'll be second favorite. I, I guess Grand Love will be favorite. It's going to be very interesting to see how they bet this race. Um, Chris, I also like Effortlessly Elegant as well. I, I I think we're looking at more like six to one, though, than 20 to one. I mean, I just $475,000 yearling uh, Alex Leblong, who's head of the jockey club in Arkansas. You've got Norm Cassie, who's winning everything. And um, and this is clearly a horse with with – talent who uh you know this this just could be this could be the horse on the come on the now 
that um, is, is, is ready to make the leap forward. The only thing that really worries me about the horses, I think this is, they're almost forcing this race. I just, I think they got a little bit of a late start. Uh, they go from that, that Churchill race and they don't come back to work at Oakland until January 8th. They run in the race on the 29th and then they're jumping um, from that maiden win to go long. I, I just wonder if it has enough, you know, might just come up a little bit short from a training standpoint. I, I just not sure this is ideal in terms of the way they've walked into this race. But, um, but I, you know, I like, I like both of your selections as well. Like the replay on Toehead is worth rewatching. Uh, and, and maybe she's turned the corner on the 82 speed figure. Whether you look on Buyer or Timeform US, that it's, you know, she's among the fastest in the race. I figure Chris is just trying to. No, there's no, no, I, I don't have anything. I mean, to me, we, I, there's a lot of horses that have no chance in this race, I think. <laughs> so I don't really have anything else to add. Okay. I don't want to uh, demean any of the other contestants, but it's kind of a <laughs> weak. It's a pretty weak feel for a three hundred thousand uh, dollar race that's supposed to be, you know, on the the trail to the Oaks. So, unless uh, effortlessly elegant, uh, you know, turned out to be a really good one, and I'd be shocked if we get the Oaks winner out of this race. Put it that way. Okay, well, then we'll be done with that race, and we'll go to the 11th, which is the Rebel, grade two, mile 16th, purse of a million dollars for three-year-olds. Chris, your turn to get us on the on the, on the the stick here. Yeah, well, last week uh, in the Risen Star, I liked a horse, Sun Thunder, who came out of the race where um, the Baffert horse won. Uh, I'm trying to remember it's the Smarty Jones, I think it's what it's called. Uh, and there's another horse in here that actually finished ahead of that horse. Um, or that was the Southwest is what it was. And that's Red Route 1. Uh, if the thing I, I'm a little worried about with him is, even though that race was on a sloppy track, it seems like he doesn't like a sloppy track. He dropped way, way back and then kind of circled the field to run second. Um, so I'm a little bit worried that he doesn't like the off track, but it does seem like he's gonna get a much better pace set up this time than he had last time, with a lot more speed. And if you look at his race two back, which was on a, a fast track, um, when he lost to instant coffee, I mean, he just had a brutal stretch run where he had no chance. I mean, he was just completely trapped in, in among horses. And by the time he finally got a chance to run, it was way too late. Um, you could argue he probably would have won that race. Um, you know, and he just wasn't going to beat the Baffert horse that kind of, you know, got away from everybody last time. So even though he hasn't won his last two, in fact, He's never won on the dirt. <laughs> his only win was on the turf. I think it's he's better than it looks. Um, and, you know, you might get a price on him. So uh, I, I'm going to go with Red Route 1 and just kind of hope that maybe I'm wrong, that he, he can't handle the off track. But I'm afraid he might he might not like it. And just he ran well despite it um, last time when he when he dropped so far back and circled the field. He completely avoided the kickback after the start. So maybe he's got to do that again if it's sloppy, but that's a hard way to win a race. 
Red Route One. I'm a little biased against him because I lost money on his full brother, Red Run. Marshall, what are you thinking? Well, I, I went with the horse that that we own six percent of. I went with Giant Mischief. I, you know, this horse is, you know, shown talent uh, on the uh, undercard of Breeders' Cup Friday. Beat Arabian Lion uh, and was just, uh, you know, it ran really well that day. Wouldn't let Arabian Lion buy. And then came back in the springboard mile, broke very poorly. Uh, Flo let the field go and then made an enormous breathtaking move around the turn into the widest part of the race. And so uh, and then flattened out in the stretch. But, you know, flattened out while while he flattened out, did have enough uh, sort of second surge to pass Echo again. And was just beaten by a length and a quarter. And even with the bad start and the very wide trip. You know, figures wise, it was a good number. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, it reminds me a lot. His his springboard mile reminds me in a way of Louis Louis Contreras' ride on Secret Oath in the Arkansas Derby, just the breathtaking move around the widest part of the track and then and then not having enough to to win the race. And so um in much the same way, Flo is is being replaced by Irad. Uh, I do think that the net result of that is a giant mischief will be favorite. So I, I don't think we're going to get five to two, but uh, if we get two to one, I'd feel very excited about betting this horse again. I'm not above betting favorites. Uh, I, I think he's the horse with the real future. I think he's a, he's a, was a fast two year old. Uh, the, the concern I would have about is uh, about this horse in the long run is its ability to get a mile and a quarter, but I think a mile and 16th should, uh, you know, this horse should be perfect going around the 16th, uh, even with the female family that is is pretty sprinty. And, uh, and you know, I, I feel very uh, excited about this horse, excited to see this horse run tomorrow. And uh, I will bet enthusiastically if I get anywhere near that five to two. And uh, two to one, I'm still betting this horse. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to pick a horse that's probably going to run second. But I'm going to pick him just in the hope that he he actually pulls it off, and that is Gun Pilot. He's two for three lifetime. The first race was a win at seven furlongs. The second was his first time going two turns, and it was against Verifying, who was favored. He finished second while running on the lead, and uh, you know, <clears throat> I thought it was a pretty good effort for a horse going two turns for the first time. In his last, he really put it all together. He sat chilly on the rail and moved when he had to. He won easily and galloped out best. He's a quickly improving sort who may just relish the added distance, you know, out of a smart strike mare. Um, no siblings and uh, the dam didn't run. So we don't really have any, um, uh, any anything to, to compare him to. But given the stoutness of that breeding, uh, uh, he, he, he interests me a lot. And uh, for lack, lack of any other excitement, that was the horse that I landed on. Yeah, and it's interesting that Santana stays on gun pilot um, and gets off of Red Route 1. Kind of get it because Red Route 1, you know, he's won a couple. I mean, I mean gun pilot, he's won a couple races on. He hasn't run one on on red route one but uh i i'm not sure what to read into that but it pri- probably is a positive for gun pilot um but you never know what those jock um moves and with giant mischief i i just think he's a sprinter marshall you know maybe you know more than i do with some inside information but watching his races he looks like 
And even that breathtaking move looked like a closing sprinter type move to me. Um, so I could be wrong. And like you said, he may just not be a mile and a quarter horse. Maybe a mile and a sixteenth is within his scope, but I'm probably going to be against him until I see him cut back. Um, that's that's just my pure unbiased handicapping opinion. Uh, I wish you luck. I'll be cheering for him uh, since he got a, a, an ownership interest. But for me, he looks like a, a kind of horse that's going to be a stock and pound sprinter. That's going to be his best. And he could be a really good one. Uh, I'll just be surprised if he's actually a triple crown trail type horse. So I'll be against him in here. Um, you know, I, I've got a... My, the horse I think to beat is the Baffert horse or the Baftine horse. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's hard to know how good these Baffert horses are right now. It's because they haven't, you know, the, we, until we see some of these races where they ship out and run in regular fields where they're not all trained by the same guy, we won't know. But they're always pretty good. And Baffert's always owned this race. And um, this horse... Ran a really good race last time. He's been training really well. Uh, so I think he's the one to beat. Uh, and you might not even be the favorite, unbelievably en enough. Um, you're right. Giants mischief or verifying might be favored. He might even be the third choice in the wagering. If so, I think, you know, you get some value if on him in the pick five. Um, so for me, it would be Red Route 1 and Reincarnate are the two that I would use in the pick five. And from a betting, the verticals, you know, for me, it's Red Route 1 is the value. Yeah, no, you could very well be right about Giant Mischief. And, you know, I, I do wonder if if the mile 16th will be the the sort of max distance. So, so you know, Saturday could be the high water mark in terms of distance. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I, We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, sort of what what Saturday brings. I, I'm very much against verifying. I didn't like him last time. Uh, you know, I don't know that these justifies want to go long. Uh, I have not looked at the data recently, but as of about a month ago, uh, the justifies average winning distance was six point zero. So real low number for a stallion that, uh, uh, you know, got a good set of routing mares. Uh, I thought his last win, verifying's win on January 14th. Uh, was, uh, you know, that two Eagles Whit River that uh, the Chris Hartman horse didn't break that day. And so verifying instead of being three wide and dueling, got a sort of a perfect trip off the leader and, uh, you know, ran well, but had everything his own way and, and everything sort of set up to run a very big number. So, you know, I, I'm I'm against him. I think he's going to have a much tougher, tougher trip from the rail. They're really going to have to make a decision about what to do. Uh, either they're going to go for lead, which I'm not sure they will because of the presence of other speed, especially the Baffert is outside, or whether they try to, to sit a trip from inside and, and, and take a lot of dirt. But it, it, but it will be a, a big transition from how easy things went in the allowance race on the 14th. And I know Gunpilot and Two Eagles River both came back and, and won and ran, ran impressively. But uh, again, Two Eagles River had an excuse last time. And uh, and so uh, it'll, it'll be a different ball game. I like... I somewhat like a, a long shot here underneath. I'm going to be using a little bit of confidence game with Keith the Sormo. Um, you know, he did, he was up on that faster pace in the Lecompte and, and held on reasonably well. I mean, I know it, someone had to finish third in that race. And, uh, you know, his start before uh, was, was on a fast pace. He may get the sort of outside 
outside stalking or on the lead pace. He's he's proven that he can 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 close from behind horses as well. Um, you know, it, it, the Sorma horses tend to you know tend to continue to get better. They're not they're not horses that that tend to sort of have one big race and have and sort of uh, uh, down uh, go downhill from there. So so it's a horse that'll be 20, 20, 30 to one and uh, maybe can hit the board that I'll use a little bit of. I I just want to jump in on your justify, um, you know, how he does with routers, because I was looking at that and to kind of illustrate with some numbers, at least latest in formulator on 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 dirt sprints. He's got 27 percent win percentage on dirt routes. It's eight percent. And the actually the average distance and the sprints is 5.9 furlong. So they're actually, you know, a lot of those are like five and a half uh, furlongs or shorter races. So definitely seems like, you know, he's skewed towards the shorter distances. So, you know, that he's only had four horses win on dirt, dirt routes and 50 starts. So, you know, that I think you might be onto something there with verifying that again, though, Kyle of Giant Mischief. Doesn't mean they can't win at this point, time of the year going a mile and 16th against you know horses that are suspect as well. But I think in terms of down the road in, um, in the bigger races, when they started going a mile and eighth and farther, they're both probably suspect, even if they run well in here. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I, I just don't want to take, you know, what, what could be morning line favoritism on a horse that, that had a soft race last time and, and might not want to go long, right, given the pedigree, right? I mean, look, Giant Mischief might not want to go long as well, but Into Mischiefs can go long, right? And so the Justify, which just got a lot, it's a lot more questionable. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Justify hitting it with his offspring at 41% in turf sprints, 41%, but only 7% in turf routes. So, uh, so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disregard those stats at all. Let's move to the final race. It is, uh, (laughs) it's one you you either love or hate. You probably hate. It's a maiden special weight, six furlongs on dirt, purse of 90,000 for Archie breads, three-year-olds and up. Marshall, where did you land? Well, we got to end this with Archie Bretts. Unfortunately, they could have hidden this race in between the two pit fives, the sixth or seventh race. And it's, it's not like the uh, it's not like the carousel. The carousel had a pretty big field. It was pretty competitive. So anyway, so be it. Uh, we're going to end with these Arkansas Breds. I, I, this is a tough race. I mean, these aren't these aren't great horses. A lot of the in Arkansas, you have to breed back to Arkansas stallions, and so you do. See, most of these are by stallions you're not familiar with. There are some fairly well-bred horses here. I mean, there's this Lord Nelson that Brett Calhoun has that uh, sold for 285, and I would certainly use that horse. I ended up picking uh, Stuck in Snow, uh, Donnie Von Hemel. I'm a big Louis Quinones fan. I think he's an underrated jockey. Uh, he's only at 32 mounts of the meat. I actually prefer him on closers. I actually, for me, there's nothing better than – than betting Louis Q to finish second or third on a deep closer at 60 to one. Um, but this, this time he's on one of the shorter price horses in a horse that needs to be closer to the, uh, to, to the front. Uh, the one in six stuck in snow and shake up are both three-year-olds going against olders. It's fairly early time of the year to be doing this. 
uh, Stuck in Snow came out of the race on December 31st. I think that was a, a fairly nice uh, two-year-old Arkansas bred race. The third place finisher, the horse behind Stuck in Snow, won by 10 uh, last weekend in uh, in this the three-year-old version of this race. I thought this horse ran well last time um, as well. And, you know, I'm just hoping that as a three-year-old, this horse can continue to improve. You know, whether we get the eight or one, eight to one or not, this will be one of the horses that I will use. Um, again, I like that February 4th race and and I like these three-year-olds. Normally I'd be against a three-year-old uh, this early in the year, but these four-year-olds and olders, a lot of them are sort of proven losers. And so I'm just hoping that this horse is already fast enough to win a race like this and can continue to improve and develop and get it done here. Okay, Stuck and Snow. A maiden like the rest of them uh, has the one thing I did note about uh, is that, uh, yeah, him that uh, he hasn't made up any ground in the stretch, except for when his uh, his debut race where he was eighth and he closed uh, like a, a length and a quarter, uh, but didn't pass any horses. So that was uh, my 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 knock on stuck in snow. Chris, where are you at on this race? Well, um, you know, in terms of three-year-olds versus four-year-olds, I, if they're if they're both about as, have been running the same numbers, I'm always much more inclined to go with the three-year-olds because they have more upside. Uh, so I'm always biased that way anyway. Um, you know, if they're four-year-old that hasn't run, or you know, hasn't only run once or twice, and uh, maybe I can see that you know he's got more maturity on the three-year-olds, but Typically, when three-year-olds run against four-year-olds, if they're running the same numbers, I'm always going to be biased towards the three-year-olds because just by definition, they are almost always have more upside. Um, so that's just one thing to keep in mind because this is the time of year where you start seeing more uh, you know, races where it's three-year-olds and up rather than four-year-olds and up. Um, I, to me, there was a standout in this race, not from a value standpoint, just from a likelihood of winning. And that's for me the seven midnight taxes. Who's the, you know, for an Arkansas bred, they paid a lot of money for this 170,000. And I remember handicapping several races this year where I looked and I said, what in the world is this Arkansas bred doing running at Del Mar against these Baffert monsters? I mean, he has absolutely no chance. Why are you doing this? But I thought, well, you know, you can't run in Arkansas in July. So, you know, maybe, and they probably are high on this horse and too high on this horse, but you know, it actually was, ran a competitive half mile against national treasure in a, in a maiden race back in September. And that of uh, the turf race that ran, both of them were pretty good. I mean, I think the horses it was in against in those races would be, you know, one to 20 uh, in this race. So, this is a gigantic class drop and it's been gelded and it gets Lasix for the first time and it's first time in the Chris Hartman barn. I mean, this horse should just destroy this field, I think. So, you know, for me, if you're playing the pick five, I just lean really heavy on this horse, uh, you know, in the last leg. You're not going to get a lot of value betting it to win, but, you know, it's three to one on the morning line. That seems crazy high to me. Maybe I'm missing something in this field, but. You know, I think he's he's much, much the best. So um, Midnight Tax is, for me, the seven horse. Okay. Um, well, uh, 
every horse in this race I probably landed on for a little while and then found some reason not to like them. And I still don't like, I don't even like the horse that I ended up landing on. <laughs> but um, I, I made a vow. And that vow was, if I play the pick five, I'm going to take my top selection and I'm going to take your, you gentlemen's selections as well because I didn't have a clue. And so if I play it, I will use Stuck in Snow and I will use Midnight Taxes. But the horse that I ended up landing on was the one shakeup <clears throat> who is just beginning to get good and is a three-year-old and probably has some upside. And, you know, the last race was a pretty good effort. It was a steady effort without threatening. But, you know, he ran solid. And, um, and I don't know, he, you know, he comes back only three weeks later. To me, he looks like a horse that is just developing. He costs two hundred eighty-five thousand. <clears throat> his breeding is r really pretty plum. His 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 dam was fast. Some of his siblings were very fast. So uh, yeah, I think that this is just a horse that's beginning to come into his own, and he does get the rail, um, which may or may not be good. But uh, the the one thing it is good for is saving ground. So even though sometimes they have to circle the field, at least they, they do get to save ground on the turn. And I think that has something to do with the, uh, the good 20% stats. So shake up for me, but without a lot of conviction. Well, I, I like shake up as well. And that was the, you know, that was, those are the two horses that, you know, I like both horses from that race. I, I will say about the, um, that card. So the, the shake up, the race that shake up and and skyped were in was a was a relatively fast race on the clock on february 4th so it ran in 111.7 seconds in fact it was faster than cactus who ran in the fifth uh who ran a 111.85 and they gave cactus and 75 buyer and they gave willow creek road the winner of uh this uh the this division of this race the the on february 4th they gave willow creek road a 67 so Cactus came back and won today. And what they did from a speed make figure st standpoint is they basically uh, made the track speed up in this last race. So they, the, uh, the speed figure maker for Bayer said the ninth race, uh, the track was faster than it was in the rest of the card. And they took 10 additional points from that race. So the, the um, variant was minus six for the first nine races. And then for the last race is minus 16. So, you could make the argument that that the race is 10 points faster, right? So, you know, give Stuck on Snow a 66 and, and Shake Up a 69, and that, you know, looks quite a bit different. And yet you could go back and do this to an, a, a number of races, many horses on these Arkansas-bred races and, and basically put push numbers up and down. The Arkansas-bred races, maybe in part because they're always the last race on the card and the track changes, or in part because they're, they're run in such – you know, odd ways often with often they run with breakneck paces that collapse uh, that they end up with speed figures that don't really match up the rest of the card. So, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing the figure maker there. I actually think they're probably right. I just think it's something to kind of note. And and it, it, it would be interesting for speed figures if we had a designation to where the figure would be, you know, the maker thought the figure was was rock solid versus versus questions because because again there's a real art to making speed figures. Um, I will agree with Chris that the that midnight 
Texas is probably the horse to beat. And, and, I, and I've got to think that horse is four to five in a use. I mean, it's also probably hard to toss the moquette off a layoff, the number 10. So, you know, if I play the pick five, I don't want to get beaten by, you know, any of these fast horses at the end. And I, I think the one six, I think the one six, seven, 10 probably covers the race. I don't think it provides any sort of separation. And so, you know, maybe it's a wager I don't play. But, um, but you know, I wouldn't want any of those horses to beat me out of that wager. All right. I have a question for you, gentlemen, on the Moquette horse, the 10. <clears throat> I was pretty impressed with his race. And then I noticed that he didn't have a workout from December until February and has only had two workouts since December. Do you think that's an issue? Is that something that would give you pause? Yes. It'd give me yeah. pause, but I don't want to let. I wouldn't want to let this horse. If I played the wage, <laughs> I don't know that I want to let this horse beat me. The other things we don't get a good eye in terms of what the odds might tell us, right? So, um, I don't think this horse will be the favorite, right? I think it'll it would be the California horse, and um, you know I don't know you know like the, the horse, the horse has has had a work after the race, right? And then you know maybe they missed the work. You know, uh, you know, maybe the clockers missed the work. Maybe the horse has been doing some heavy galloping and, and finally got back in action. Um, I, I, you know, they could have waited for another race. So I don't, I don't. It doesn't seem to me to be like it doesn't. Th- these races come up every week. There was division of this race for straight three-year-olds last week, and there'll be another one coming up. It's, this these fields typically are full, and they exclude horses, right? So, um, you know, I would think that Moquette must think this horse is ready for them to run. Um, for them to enter this race. Yeah, a couple things I want to add. One, I just want to echo, you're on my soapbox about I wish they would put a confidence level on every speed figure. Like this is I, you know, like, like red, yellow, green. You know, green, it's rock solid. It's an Oakland fast track. We had, you know, 10 races at the distance. We got this one. Or, you know, uh, you know this is Aqueduct winner. The track was changing all day long. I don't have a clue, but I had to make a number. That one's red, you know, and something in between. I wish they would just do that. Uh, some, some now time form us does that. Sometimes they'll, they'll break out. They'll tell you if they broke the race out, if, you know, and they, it'll tell you why sometimes like because of pace or whatever. But other than that, I don't know any other maker that does that. And I wish they all would do it. It should be part of the discipline. I think because any speed figure, person who's ever done it um will tell you that that there's a lot of uncertainty in the figure making and and some races there's a lot more than others and i just don't know why they don't reflect that and they pretend like they're all the same when they're really not that's just one of my pet peeves i i just don't understand why they don't do that so i'll, I'll get off the soapbox but you started it i i didn't start it <laughs> um I do have one long shot in here that I, I really do think Midnight Tax is going to win this for fun. So that's the way I'm going to play it. But if you want to bet the verticals, I think there's a long shot you could put in that underneath that might make it pay. And that's the five horse, four dice, who just has one start and it was actually in a maiden claiming state bred. And, and, you know, it doesn't look that good, but if you watch the replay, the horse had some trouble at the beginning and then just dropped into a different zip code early. 
and just the rider was not under uh, you know any sense of urgency whatsoever and he started picking up on the field and then the rider sort of started getting a little interested and and the horse just finished really strongly galloped out really well it just looked like it was a prep and it's interesting that they bring it back in a you know non-claiming race and they put the blinkers on so uh, to me, you know, is it good enough to beat the seven? Probably not, but I don't see why it couldn't beat any of these others um, with a halfway decent start and uh, uh, with the rider actually making an effort to put the horse in the race. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see it run much better. And it's uh, what 30 to one on the morning line. Well, <clears throat> to that point, I, I will I will say I, I saw that race and. I thought the I didn't think that that horse had trouble at the start, but maybe I missed it. Um, the 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 other horse in that race that was interesting was Wicked Prince, who's in the twelve hole now, and that's one of the reasons why I couldn't couldn't take him. Uh, he had a major hassle at the beginning of the race. Uh, he was he was bothered by a bunch of horses, and um, he still ran pretty well at six to one, uh, and he did get passed at the v- very last second by four dice. But I, I almost, <clears throat> I almost picked Wicked Prince as my my horse. But I just figured from the twelve hole, wow! And the horse and the race did come up very slow. I mean, if you're looking at two buyers of thirty four, it's kind of hard to project uh, a a big price, a, a big jump up. But uh, if 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 anybody's interested in playing verticals, that's my play to uh, blow up the super. That's Wicked Prince uh- the twelve. Yeah, four dice didn't have trouble right out of the gate. He had trouble like, you know, a hundred yards out of the gate. He had to take up, and then he dropped all the way back. He was kind of um, so it wasn't right out of the gate, but he okay. definitely had trouble. And that I, that sounds like a head to head because to me, four dice will crush will crush Wicked Prince this time. Ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well. well at least we'll have something to, to cheer for in this race, right? Okay. We can have a head to head. Well, let's 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 have a head to head. I don't yeah. know what the stakes are, but uh, but we'll 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 call it a head to head, and um and 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 what what let's see. I think I I think I owe you a meal from some other head to head. So uh, we'll 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 say double or nothing. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they finished like um you know, and a photo for fourth and third. So they were really close. They did. And, and, yeah. and I didn't see the trouble on four dice. I believe you that you saw it and he had that. I, I wasn't analyzing the race. I wasn't watching him the whole time. I was watching Wicked Prince. And then I saw four dice nip him at the wire. Um, but, but, but I'm, you know, because he was so far back, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that wager and uh, be rooting for a Wicked Prince. Yeah, they probably will be doing the same thing. They'll be, battling for third and fourth <laughs> you know five or ten lengths behind the, the top two that's probably how it'll end up okay well i i think we've 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 wrapped it up um do you guys have any other plays on the rest of the card i know i do not i looked at the one race right before it and i could not land on a winner um, I actually, I kind of like the P Miller horse all the way on the outside, but it's only three to one. So it doesn't merit spot play. Um, any other plays you gentlemen have? I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of pretty birdie in the carousel. I, I, 
I like her and I root for her. Obviously, another it's another Norm Cassie. I thought she was great last time off the layoff, and and she was, you know, she she won the Schuylerville as a two year old, and so it was set to be a nice two year old. It's it's always sort of had the injury bug has hit her right right went from winning the Schuylerville to not finishing the 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 spin away. Uh, you know, was a stakes horse last year, second the eight bells, won the Purple Martin, and then you know just ran horribly in the Victory Ride. So came back and ran big in the Poinsettia and. And uh, ran a big number two off that layoff, and 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 so I may not be betting her, but she's a horse that that I'm excited to see run, and will be rooting for in a, in a fun little race. I didn't really have anything in the early part of. It. I mean, there's horses I like, but nothing that jumped off the page for me. So I don't really have much to offer in terms of spot place this week. Okay. That's fine. Um, it was still uh, a, a good sequence to go over, and 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 uh, I wish us all luck. I wish our our listeners luck, and I'd like to thank our guest, Marshall Graham. Marshall, thanks for joining us today. Thank you again for having me on. Appreciate it. That will conclude show number two one four of the Sport of Kings Pod. Good luck at Oaklawn and wherever else you play, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sports Cheers. Get it?